to start off this morning by talking a little bit, and I guess hopefully something that makes sense to you. Hopefully, hopefully this is something that you go, you know what, I can actually relate to that. And, and at the end of the day, hopefully, depends where you are, depends, you know, where you're at with God and in your life and what, what things are thrown at you. Uh, hopefully it's something that may challenge you and something you go, you know what, yeah, I, I'd, I'd look into that. Um, I don't know how many of you here, I, could, I, I don't know which way I could ask this question. How many of you here have, you know, get stressed very often? Anyone here like a bit of a stress head type of a person? Uh, okay, there's a few, a few honest. Oh, look, there's a couple of hands, Mel. Oh, thank you so much for your honesty. Anyone here like, you know, hardly ever get stressed, just like fully cool? All right, yeah, just a few of these people like this, like, pretty cool, I'm pretty cool, that's all right, and well done, you know, good on you, all power to you, just wait till you have kids, um, so, but no, that's, that's really neat, so some of us here, you know, and, you, and we all know that, right, there's some people on the, on the fully stressed sort of level, and other people are pretty chilled, and, and maybe should be a little bit more stressed, uh, I, I reckon when I was at uni age, I probably put myself in the category, I was, nothing really stressed me, particularly when it came to study, and when I was at uni, uh, and I probably sh- probably would put myself in the category of I needed to be a little bit more stressed than I, sh- than I, than I was, um, i.e. Uh, my assignments often were in late or last minute type things, you know, never quite, probably could have done a little bit more, you know, put a little bit more effort in, probably could have taken a little bit more care than I did, uh, but that was alright, I, I, I enjoyed being relatively casual and not being too stressed, um, you know, and you see those people who are like, you know, striving for, you know, striving to be the best you can be, I'm like, oh, who needs that, you know, like, who needs that, that's, that's for the, you know, but I, there was one time, I was in my fourth year of uni, uh, and for those who don't know, most of you do know, but there might be some here who don't, I, I actually studied agriculture, right, so sort of farm boy stuff, everyone's like, yeah, that's weird, I know, but that's okay, um, but yes, there is a, you can do a degree in agriculture, and yes, it is technical, and it's not just like feeding cows and stuff, right, so, Anyway, so I did, I, did, uh, I did a degree in, in agriculture, and my last year, I did this subject, which was a year-long subject, so it was sort of worth two regular subjects. Started at the start of the year, went right through, and what it was, this, this, you might find this completely boring now, this next three minutes, but hey, you're, you're sort of captive audience. Um, what it was, was I actually had to, to, to work my way through a complete year, uh, a yearless cycle in the life and times of a crop, right? Everyone's like, yeah, that's exciting, yeah. Um, so... Uh, like I had to, you know, look at all the, all the biology of it, the entomology, all the, you know, pests that, that are, um, uh, that are, you know, that it might attack that crop. You had to, you know, look at all, you know, anything from fertilizers, you know, every, everything that impacted that crop. I had to look at that over a year. And so by the end of the year, you had a, you know, a document sort of about this thick. It was like a nearly a mini thesis type thing. That's probably being a bit generous because <laughs> I probably would never have got that many. Um, but, you know, I had a whole bunch of stuff. I had to collect weeds, which if that sounds exciting to you, then, you know, we could be friends. Um, you know, I had to, like, you know, collect all these weeds, preserve them, and, and then we had to collect, like, insects, all the pests, you know, all the different grubs and things. We had to collect all those, and we had to preserve them. We had to hand... had this huge big assignment that was worth, like, this full year subject. And, of course, if you fail a full year subject, that doesn't do a whole lot to your university career, right? Because then you have to come back and do a whole another year. So it's obviously pretty important that you pass this one subject. So the pressure's on. Um, on top of that, I think we had an oral exam. It was the only oral exam where you sat like in front of a panel of like three lecturers and then they just start hitting you with all these questions that you have no idea about and you've got to try and come up with some sort of uh, intelligible answer that hopefully you've just, 
you know, sort of make up on the spot, but hopefully sort of something made sense, etc., etc. And I remember, so this was, there was a bit of pressure. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to build up here and help you understand. There's a little bit of pressure. There was a little bit of pressure on this, this final assignment. And I remember we had to hand in this final assignment, right? And my usual study habits sort of came to the top again. And, and of course, I'm last minute. And I remember it had to be in on this one particular Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. That was the deadline. And for those who you who are at uni or been to uni know, or most probably, um, the, the rules are if you don't get your assignment in on time, it's just you don't get marked, all right? It's not even like, sometimes you might get a penalty like 10% off every day or something like that, but certainly for this one, if it, if it wasn't handed in, it doesn't get marked. If it's not handed in on time, if it's not handed in on that Friday afternoon at 5 p.m., deadline, zero, which a year-long subject, A, you can't afford it, B, that's throws life into a spin in all sorts of uh, arenas. So, it's about 4.30, got half an hour to go, it's all right, but I'm in the car, right, I'm in the car park and I'm, and I've got all these collections and I've got all these folders and I've got all these different things and I'm, and I'm, the, it's that big, you know, psychological red button, you know, that big red stress panic button, that was sort of, had been depressed, that was, that was, that was it and I'm like frantically trying to get everything together and, you know, and the thoughts going through your mind of maybe I should have started a little bit earlier on this, um, you know, start to sort of ponder. Anyway, I get all this stuff together. It wasn't perfect. I remember, I remember I had like, for anyone that's ever done any entomology, little bugs. You have to put these little bugs and put little pins through them to preserve them. And 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 mine, like a couple of them, just fell apart. And I'm just thinking, well, I haven't got time to to do anything about that. So I just put the pin in the right place and just threw the bug in the bottom of the box and just pretended that it fell apart. Um, you know, all these sort of little things. That, well, hopefully I'll get some marks for it, even if it's not perfect. So I'm doing all this stuff, right? Anyway, I finally get all my stuff together, and I go to the to the building where I had to hand it in, and it was it was about it was I remember distinctly it was 4:45. It was about quarter to five. I had about about 15 minutes to spare, and I'm like, it's not perfect. But I had another couple of hours. I could probably you know do quite a bit better, but it's enough. It'll hopefully, it'll get me a pass. Got all my stuff. It's a big bundle of different things. I go up to the building where I had to hand this in. Go to open the door. It's locked. I'm like, this is like you are so kidding. And I remember just going, oh, I must have got the time wrong. So I open up one of the folders and flick through to the subject outline. You know, the, the assignment where it all is and all the details are. Sure enough, I in this case, not always, but in this case, it said 5 p.m. Like I was, I, I was still 15 minutes to spare. Um, and I'm like, surely not. Like so, I'm like you know, you start shaking. You know, if, I don't know if you've ever done that where a door you think. You should be, like, you start shaking. I don't know why it was locked the first time. It didn't magically unlock. But you start shaking it, and then you start probably shaking it a little bit more violently, and you're like, and I start knocking on the door, and I'm like, no, I'm just like, what do I do? Like, what do we do right here? Like, the stress level's just peaking, you know. I've gone through the roof. I'm like, this is, this can't be happening. And I'm like, I look at my watch again, and like, I'm everything. I'm just, just like, what do I do? And then I had thoughts of, like, and I know some of my other fellow students have done this on a few occasions where they, actually go and find one of the security guys around uni to like sneakily open a door and get an assignment in late. Um, you know, that was that was one little method that some of them had, but I didn't actually know any of those guys. You know, like thoughts, do I break a window? Do I try and break in? Like all this sort of stuff, like what do I do? And I'm knocking on this door again, and I remember just like being real stressed out about about this assignment. And anyway, I, sh I remember shaking this door one more time, and I knocked on it real loud, and then I heard footprints, like footsteps. And I went, oh. And I just, just feel that relief that someone is still in here. 
And I'm sort of, oh, man, so I'm just like, oh, man, that's just, oh. That calmness just sort of comes over you a little bit. And, and I remember someone coming up to the door, unlocking the door and opening it. But the funny thing was, right, when this, this person opened it, the person standing on the other side of the door was actually one of my classmates. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, where's, the, you know, is there any staff in here, the lecturers, tutors, all that sort of stuff? And he goes, oh, no, everyone's left. I'm like, well, what are you doing in here? He said, well, he said, um, I knew I wasn't going to get finished in time, so I've actually been hiding in one of the storerooms for the last couple of hours, last hour or so, and waiting for everyone to leave. And then he said, once everyone left, I've, he's out there doing his assignment. Um, so he, was, he, he also obviously was in the same place. And he's locked himself in a storeroom and turned the lights off and just hidden in there for a while until everyone left and away he went. And I said, well, thanks for opening the door, dropped my stuff off, away I went. I don't know what stresses you or where pressures um, come from in your life. Uh, there's lots of different things. Obviously, you know, deadlines. If we start talking deadlines, talk to the, the school students, uni students, we all know about deadlines. We all know, like, you know, this has just got to happen. And we can procrastinate and we can find all sorts of things to do. That's pretty easy. Well, it was pretty easy for me. Um, I used to find people who, you know, the day they got their assignment or just a couple of days later would be in there starting to study. I'm just thinking, that's just weird. Um, good on you if you are that person. Like, you know, all power to you and just keep going. I'm not trying to discourage that by the way. But it's just like, you know, but we all, we can find, find things to do instead of our, the things that we should be doing. But we all know about deadlines. And or if you are at work, uh, you work for yourself or you work for someone else, you know, there's demands that you put on yourself or there's demands that other people put on you. There's stresses in your life. There's all that sort of stuff that like just continually seem to build and, and, and cause us grief. Um, sometimes we can have stresses about making bad decisions. Uh, it might not be a deadline, but it might be a decision. What if I make a wrong decision? Is it going to be embarrassing? Are people going to find out? Um, uh, is it going to be a, a, a long-lasting decision uh, that I make? Or is it going to be long-lasting consequences to the decision that I'm going to make? Uh, sometimes we can have stresses about finances and money, and particularly if you're a young, uh, you know, a younger person, you know, you might want to be like, I need a car that actually goes. Um, I need, you know, I need to be able to, I want to like to travel like some of my friends do, or I want to buy a house, or I want to get this, or I want to get that, and, you know, all those type of things. Some of you might be just like, I just want a job. You know, it would be good to just have some money instead of bludgeoning off your parents, maybe. maybe. Um, other stresses in our life sometimes are like, um, like social stresses, social pressures. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of that goes on, particularly, you know, you jump on social media and you look at all the highlights of everyone else's life and you think, wow, they're having such a good time, even though you know that it's not necessarily reality. You know that they don't live like that on a day-to-day -day basis. And so what do you have to do to that? Well, you just post something that you know in your life is probably not 100% real anyway. So, But there's these social pressures that take place. There's all these sort of pressures and stresses that, that everyone has. Um, you know, we got, I guess, keeping up with other people as well. Sometimes it's about, you know, what are, what are other people talking about? What do other people know? You know, and then or it might be, what are the boys doing? You know, what are, what are we, you know, how do I keep up with that? How do I sort of maintain my, my status, I suppose? Um, or, or, you know, just being keeping up to date with those guys. Lots of different stresses. Um, I'm going to throw a few. I'm just going to throw that first slide up there, Samba. 
I just want to see if you, if you resonate with some of these, these quotes. Um, and if you do, you may just be knowing what I'm talking about. Hours and minutes don't discriminate. They let you do whatever you decide to do. You had the chance to do whatever you said you didn't have a chance to do. You just didn't prioritize it. Anyone going, yeah, that's maybe advice for me. I don't know. Is anyone sort of thinking through this? Stop saying you didn't have, have the time. Start admitting to yourself particularly you didn't make the time. Is anyone going, mm-hmm, probably. Next slide, Sam. Business is not the sign of effectiveness. It's a sign you, don't, you can't manage your life. When your priorities are confused and you've chosen everything over anything, your dreams die. Squeezing everything in eventually squeezes you so hard that there's nothing left. See a few nods, a few mm-hmm's, a few like, yeah, quiet little, I can identify with one or two of those. Me personally, I could probably identify with, with all of those in some way, shape or form. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be good if we could genuinely, not just talk about it, but if we could genuinely get rid of some of these stresses. How good would it be if we could genuinely, not just not just talk about it, if we could genuinely live a life where we didn't have those some of those stresses, some of those things that stress you. How good would it be if you could just live that nearly that perfect life, like that dream life where where no no everything's falling into place nothing really worries me and everything's just a okay and it's all good wouldn't that be good reality is it's pretty hard to achieve but what i want to talk to you today about is something that that might help us because sometimes when we when things get really bad and sometimes when there is a prolonged period of stress and and this sort of I guess gets a bit deep and serious and you may be that person or you may know of a person who goes through periods of stress for a long period or a longer period of time things can get pretty dark for that person I was going to throw up another slide there Sam we get to that place where we start to get the burnout or depression or, 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 or you know that anxiety here's some signs here of burnout you may resonate with one or two of these as well. Your motivation fades, your emotion becomes numbness, you don't feel the highs and lows, people drain you, people often drain me, but like people really drain you. Uh, little things you, um, little things make you disproportionately angry, you become cynical, number six, Sam. Uh, your product productivity is dropping, you're self-medicating, you don't laugh anymore, sleep and time no off no longer refuel you and being preoccupied with work or study when you're not at work, uh, even when you're not at work. Thanks, Sam, we can clear that. So, so there's some things that, you know, if this, is, this is where it really gets deep, you know, where, where yeah, yeah, look, as I said right at the start, some stresses I think are important and people who are real casual, well, they often stay real casual, you know what I mean? They, they often stay completely casual and don't probably achieve as much as they could otherwise but in whatever arena whether that's work or social or even time with God or whatever it might be but what if we could what if we could genuinely alleviate at least some of that stress if not all what if we could alleviate some of that stress would you be in 
would you go, yeah, let's give it a shot, let's give it a go, I'm up for this. I would suggest, without wanting to put words in your mouth or thoughts into your mind, I would suggest most of us would go, yeah, I'd have a go at that. I'd like to try that. I want to go to the Bible now, um, and I want to introduce, when I say introduce, many of you are aware of this already, but I want to go through something that that you may or may not be aware of, or may go into some into some depth that you may or may not have done before, about how God, or what God has done, had has given us this opportunity to de-stress, to actually, to, to lose some of that, to actually enjoy life a little bit more, to get rid of some of the, the stressful things, uh, whatever that might be, and to and to refocus on a, on a regular level. I want to go to, start with, I'm going to go to a verse right back in the beginning, into Genesis chapter 2. And in this verse, in these couple of verses, um, just leading up to this, uh, in Genesis, it's talked about how God's created the whole world, how He's made all the different things. And then we pick up, this is right at the end of the, He's done this in six days, and then right on the seventh day, this is what happens. And this is what we're going to start talking about. We're going to start talking about this, this day, this, this special day that God has, has put in place. And, and I think um, there's some real benefits here to, to actually to looking at what God really meant. Not necessarily what we think He meant or what we sort of do with that, but what did God intend right from the start for this day? Alright, so let's go. So we're going to go through three different texts, well three different passages, one here in Genesis, and then we're going to go to Exodus, and then we're going to go to Mark, but we'll start here in, in Genesis, right at the very beginning. When God first put this into place, and we call this the Sabbath, this is what the Bible describes it of. Some of you here are like, maybe like absolutely known about this thing since the day you were born, so to speak. You grew up with this. Others of you, it's like, okay, it's a bit of a concept. I hear people talk about haven't done much about it myself. And I've got questions about it, and that's okay. And I'm not here to point fingers. We're not here to like judge people. We're not here to, to make anyone feel uncomfortable. But what, we, what I would like is for you in your own mind is just to go, I'll have a look at this. That's it, I'll have a look at this and just see if this is something that I believe God might have in store for me and if this could work in my life and, and leave that between you and God. So, here we go. So, just created, God's just created the world. Six days, He's just created everything. And here it is, and we'll pick this up in, in Genesis 2, uh, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended His work, which He had done. Alright, so He's just done six days. On the seventh day, the seventh day of the week, um, God has ended the work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Next verse. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he had rested from all his work which God had created and made. Alright, so there's three things that took place here. The first thing is God, in the seven day cycle, the first thing he did was rested. Now, I'm pretty sure we know what rest means. It just stopped working, ceased Things, things came to a halt and he, and he didn't continue doing what he had been doing earlier. So on the, on the seventh day, God rests. The second thing, he blessed it. I don't know if you've ever really thought of what the word blessed actually meant. If you had to say, if someone asked you, can you please define the word blessed? What would you give? What would, words would you give? Okay, and you start thinking, well, uh, but basically God, it's that whole sense of it became good. It was blessed if you say, or oh, bless you or something has been blessed, it's been sort of made good, it's also sort of been made separate, um, and then also, he says, he's God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, or um, 
other versions of the Bible say made it holy, um, which sort of means if you were to make something holy, you sort of start, start asking the question, what would that actually look like? Uh, to make something holy really is basically to, to separate it, to actually separate, to, to, to put it aside, to make it different from the rest, and particularly to put it aside for like godly purposes, for like a spiritual purpose. So here we have three things. So God rested, so he stopped working. He blessed, so he made it good, or, or he sort of made it holy and good. And, and that word holy or sanctified, which sort of means that he, he, he made it separate. Rest, blessed, and made holy. Rest, blessed, and made holy. So that's right back from the start. So we're talking right back in the beginning of the world. That's what God did to this slice of time. God said on a, on a, on a weekly basis, a seven-day rotation, on a, on a regular time frame, God took this slice of time and He separated it. He made it. He made it different. He made it holy. He made it different. He made it special. Rest, blessed, made holy. Right. So now we're going to go to, uh, we're going to fast forward a couple of thousand years. So we're going to go from creation and we're going to catch up with the, with the Israelites around Moses' time. Um, so we're going to go to Exodus. Now Moses, um, for those who don't know, uh, most of you probably do, but just a real quick, real quick little summary. Moses was a guy who God chose to bring a whole group of people, like hundreds of thousands of people, out of slavery, out of Egypt. All right, so he's leading these guys, and they've been in the slavery for the last 400 whatever years, 430 years, something to that effect, and and he's brought them out of out of Egypt. And these and these people have probably haven't really had the opportunity, or like sort of um, drifted away from God, or you know, forced into all sorts of different things. So he's trying to reteach this whole nation, these hundreds of thousands of people, literally, about this concept of something that happened that God instituted a couple of thousand years earlier. And we go to Exodus chapter 20. And, and Moses, well, God actually wrote with his, own, with his own hand. God gave these guys the instructions. And we call these the Ten Commandments. And you probably have heard of the Ten Commandments. You're probably hiding under a rock if you haven't. Even if you're not super right into that whole God thing, you've probably still heard of the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments were a list of, of commands, I guess you'd say, uh, that God gave to these people. And there's obviously, there's things like, you know, don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery. There's all those, those type of things. But here is the fourth commandment, which we're going to have a look at today. And the reason we look at this is because it, it states it really clearly. It states it really clearly about what God intended this day to be. And so this is how it reads, the fourth commandment. It says this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So before you go on, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. First point is you put that Sabbath day way back in the start and he's going, now I want you to remember it. Remember it's still there, it's still current, it's still real. From the time of creation right through now, it's still, it's still in place. I want you to remember that day and to keep it holy. And what did we say the word holy meant? It meant that whole like separate, um, you know, make it different, all that sort of stuff. Thanks, Sam. Next slide. He says, six days you shall labour and do all your work. Keep going, Sam. But the seventh day is the, is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, nor cattle or a stranger who is within your gates. Okay, just pause there. So Jesus, so God here is saying to these people, I want to make this special. I want to make this different. 
I want you to carve out a bit of time and I want you to make this real special, real different. And I want you to, to make sure that you just take time out. We were talking a bit earlier before about stress and about things that stress you. Here God's saying, I want you to have a special day off once a week, a regular sort of a thing. He said, in it, I don't want you to do any work. I don't want you to do stuff. I don't want you to just do whatever you've been doing. I want it to be different. I want it to be special. And he said, not only do I want you to have a special day, but I want everyone around you that, that, has, that you have a sphere of influence over, I want to, you to help them to have that special day as well. And that's what he says. He said, I don't want, I don't want your son, your daughter, I don't want people in your family, I don't want your servants, I don't even want your animals to have to work. This is like a big universal principle. He says, I just want everyone to take a day off. Remember that it's a different day, it's a special day. And I want you to enjoy that. All right, next slide, Sam. Six days, for six days, uh, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea. And this is referring straight back to the Genesis story. And all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh, th- on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed. He's coming straight back to that same language that he used in, in Genesis. He blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it or made it holy. Same sort of thing. He, made, he blessed that the Sabbath day and made it special. There's something going on here. Certainly from a biblical perspective, there's something going on here about this seventh day. There's something special that God put in place. All right going to go fast forward another um probably another about 2000 years or rough roughly speaking uh we're going to go to when jesus was actually earth we're actually walking on this earth and we're going to go a passage in mark and we're going to go to mark chapter 2 and we're going to throw that up there uh, now i'll just fill you in so this is jesus actually this is a story about jesus when jesus actually walked this earth and he and his disciples were walking through a field and there's grain on the ground and that time since moses and the Ten Commandments that we just spoke of, right through now to, to Jesus' time. Uh, in that period of time, the, the, the religious leaders of the time made things real hard. And they've put all sorts of rules and regulations in place about what you should do on this special Sabbath day. And they took it to the nth degree and they made it actually quite, quite difficult and laborious just to even survive on that day. And so these guys were walking through, Jesus and his disciples were walking through a field of grain, uh, a field, yeah, like a, a field of grain or a field of wheat. Uh, the grain fields there, and they started picking grain off the heads, which, according to the local guys at the time, that was a big no-no, and they were breaking all the rules. And so Jesus, this, so that's, that's sort of the background to this story, and this is where we pick it up. So now this is Jesus talking about this Sabbath day, who, by the way, if you remember, Jesus, you look at John 1, Jesus actually was part of creation. Jesus actually, it was actually Jesus himself, even though he's a man now, in, you know, when he walked the earth, he was actually there with God at creation. He was actually part of creating. He actually created the Sabbath day. And now Jesus is actually living the Sabbath day or living the Sabbath here with these people. And he says, now it happened that he went, he being Jesus, now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath day. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. Next slide. And the Pharisees said to him, Pharisees being the religious leaders, the people who were meant to be, you know, making all the rules and making sure no one broke the rules. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why do they do, uh, sorry, look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? In other words, they were plucking this grain and that supposedly was breaking the rules because that was like work, okay, because they were like harvesting and, uh, and that, that was like work. Next slide, thanks, Sandra. And we skip down to verse 27, he says, and Jesus returns to them, he says, he says to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Last verse. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Can you just go back one, please, Sam? I just want to highlight and pick up on this. 
Jesus himself said there's something special about this day. In fact, this day was made for you. This day is made for the people. This day has been given to you so that you can have a balanced life, a, a more enjoyable life, um, something that, that's a bit different to if you just were left to your own devices. Damo jumped up here before and he talked about the fellas who are doing uh, car servicing starting tomorrow. Some of, the, some of the fellas are in here that are going to do that. I remember I walked into, I had a mate who was a mechanic, uh, it's a few years ago now, I had a mate who was a mechanic, walked into the workshop one day, I had to catch up with him about something, and uh, he said, oh, Neil, come over here, come over here, have a look at this. And he took me over to the back of the workshop, and there's a bench there, and there's a car there with a the bonnet up, you're in a mechanic's workshop, of course, um, but they're just rebuilding the entire motor, right? The, the motor had blown up, it was completely um, done in, and they had spending it a lot, as you, if anyone has ever been through that experience, it's a lot of money, okay? It's not just, it's not just you know, 100 bucks or a couple hundred bucks, we're talking you know, quite a bit of money to fix up, like to rebuild a complete motor. And he's telling me the story, he said, oh, a customer just brought this in last, you know, a couple of days ago and said, oh, you know, it's not working, whatever, we pulled it out, pulled it apart, started doing a bit of diagnosis, what's actually going on, and he said, we drained the oil on this car. And he showed me the oil, I said, we've still got the oil, and he showed me the oil. And he had it in a, had a, for those who know how much oil, usually maybe in a car it might be four or five litres of oil in an average car, he probably had about a litre Okay, so there's oil is non-existent. He's had about a litre of oil in the sump of this car. But not only was there hardly any oil, but it was the consistency of probably thick honey. Now, some of you might go, hmm, what's it meant to be? That's all right. Probably, if you imagine, roughly speaking, if you imagine, you know, you get out your canola cooking oil or something like that, that's, that's give or take, that's sort of what oil should be, right? Like, you know, nice and sort of smooth and like a bit runny and all that sort of stuff. It can get all around the motor and it's meant to protect the motor and all that sort of stuff, right? Well, this oil was like the consistency of probably thick honey. Like he tipped the pot upside down and it sort of just started to drain out of, the, out, of the, out of this container that he had. Why? Because he never serviced it, right? This guy just thought, I'm not going to service my car because ca servicing cars cost money and I'm going to save money by not servicing it. Tip, if you're not mechanical, just service your car, right? But this guy had the whole car, his motor had blown up because... He just decided that I'm not going to bother servicing it. I'm going to just, just keep driving it and just keep driving it until it stops. You get my point? We do that. Sometimes we just keep driving. We just keep driving ourselves. We just keep going and going and going until we stop. Until the body starts to say, I've had enough. I'm done in. This is too much. There's too much stress, there's too much pressure, there's too much going on in my life, in your life. We're just going to shut this thing down. And I'll be real honest, I've seen that numerous times. I've even experienced that myself, flipping the bird. The Sabbath day, I believe, is a, it's, it's, it's a bit of a secret weapon. It's something that, if, if even if you didn't believe in God, now I think there's something very spiritual, and God talks about making this day holy and all that sort of stuff, but even if you didn't believe in God, taking a Sabbath day would be fantastic and would have huge amounts of benefits to most people, to all people, to people who did that. But it's a bit like regular servicing. It's a bit like, you know what, we get to take time off and we get to just to sit back and chill. Trust versus excuses. Quite often when it comes to this Sabbath day thing, probably many of us have heard about it, probably I've, 
maybe all of us, but certainly most of us have probably heard about it or just heard about it to some degree. But we often make excuses. I'm too busy. My work demands that. I, 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 I'm only a student. My, you know, you might only be a uni student, school student, and, and like I need to get all the shifts that I can. God's saying, take time off. Take time off. Don't just keep going. Um, you know, should that guy who, who bought his oil, bought his car in, you know, trust first. I can make all sorts of excuses why I shouldn't, why I shouldn't service my car. You know, it takes time out of my day. I might need my car to get drive to work or, or whatever it might be. I, I, it's costly, all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it costs you way more if you don't keep the maintenance on that vehicle than it would if you, if you, if you did the proper thing. And it's a bit like that, I think, with the Sabbath. We get to make all sorts of excuses. And I don't think it's like, it's like God's not here pointing the finger going, this is what I, I want you to follow these outdated rules and regulations just for the sake of it. There's something really seriously like special and beneficial to people if they try to take take time out. And and sometimes that that time out, um, it might be from all different things. You know, from the study if you're a student, or from work, or sometimes there's things in our life that stress us. There might be people, and I don't mean this in a negative way, to, but sometimes there's things that we just need to separate ourselves from and just go. You know what? I just need a time to relax to reset maybe and just uh, take a deep breath I don't know how it is for you when you know you guys are here on a Saturday morning maybe whatever but you know on the morning when you can take a time off and it's just like maybe it's a different day that's pretty cool it's pretty special there's lots of people lots of people make lots of different excuses um, for why they think that you know, the Sabbath's outdated and they go, oh, it's, it was given to the Jews. It's not for it's not for us Christians here today. Or sort of, if you think about that, well, Jesus actually created that in the Garden of Eden. It was before the Jews even existed. Or they say, oh, the, the Sabbath was done away with at the cross. Have you ever heard that? It's sort of been around the sort of Christian circles. Um, and if you sort of follow that logic, you can sort of suggest, well, if Jesus done away with the Sabbath at the cross, that means that he came to save the world from the Sabbath. Logic does. There's lots of different excuses. But I guess at the end of the day is, do you trust what God has to say or do you want to make excuses because sometimes what God suggests is a good thing it's like servicing a car it's a little bit inconvenient it's something I have to take a bit of time out of my day or out of my you know I have to fork out a little bit of money or whatever it might be in order to make this happen trust versus excuses sometimes we come up with some pretty good excuses but at the end of the day they're just excuses and it doesn't change the end result doesn't change what's really going on so I guess to finish up today I would I would challenge you just to be honest with yourself nothing to do with me I'm not here to try and make you feel guilty I uh, you know I just want what's best for you and I guess pointing to you to God and saying you work this out with God you go back to God and say what's really going on here that next slide just came across this and it, it I guess just to help us think about what, uh, where we're at with God. If you have a habit of making excuses with God, or if you have a habit of dodging God, you miss Him. If you have a habit of making excuses with God, you miss God. Like it depends which sort of, it depends which angle you come from. I guess in your life, are you trying to like, trying to like, you know, make all the excuses, or sort of just 
limit God and put him in a little box and just sort of, well, I want my, I want my God, but only, you know, only on my terms. Or if you have a habit of trusting God, you'll find him. Are you, are you in a place where you go, you know what, I will surrender my life to God. I will actually give all of my life. I want to follow what God says because I trust, I trust, not my excuses, I trust that God has my best interest in heart. And I trust that God knows me, he created me, and he can make my life even better if I follow some of his ways, some of his guidelines. Uh, and as I said right from the start, you know, that man was made for, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What if? What if you had a bit of a serious think about, and maybe you're already really, you know, you feel like you're really on track with God and, and, and taking time out and all that sort of thing, and that's cool. But what happens if, and if, but if you don't do that, what would happen if you did do that? What difference would that look like? There might be some adjustments you might adjustments you might need to make in your life or something to that effect. But how would that change you? How would spending it taking time off? I mean, how good is that? Like that there's a God who says, take stop work. I mean, most of the time it's all about let's do more, let's push more, let's push harder, let's get better. And God's saying, just chill out, just take it easy. You need you need a bit of you need a break from time to time. I'll schedule this in once a week. Take a whole day off. What if we were able to do that? You know, what if even we were able to, like anything that causes us stress, anything that, you know, whether it's the study, whether it's the work, or whether it's even, and I'm not, I'm not here trying to tell people what to do, by no means, in, you know, in your day-to-day life, but sometimes people can get all wound up about, you know, even social media. What if you had a digital Sabbath? You know, like just, just put that away from, just not worry about that stuff for a few, you know, for a few hours. Just relax, just like focus on God and, and, and just on positive relationships. What if you could come to a community? <laughs> what if you could come to a community where, where we could, it could be like a really uplifting thing? Yeah, of course you can say, yeah, well, when I come to church, sometimes I feel judgment or whatever. Don't be part of the problem. What if you're part of the solution? What if you're part of a, an opportunity where you could have a really positive environment, where you could be part of that solution, where you could welcome people, where you could have, you know, get to know people in complete non-judgment and just go, you know what, if your relationship with God, we're just here to worship together and we do that. What if we could continue to do that and make it even better for other people who aren't yet here and introduce other people to that concept of, you know what, if you took a day off and just come and hung out, what, how good would that be? What if? What would your life look like? What would your life look like if you could actually do that? How could you, I guess in some ways, be a little bit like what God did? How could you for yourself and potentially for other people around you, your family or friends or other people that you know, how could you rest, bless and make holy a special slice of time each week? How could you rest, bless, put, do great things on and make holy, separate, be a little bit different? How could you rest, bless and make holy a special slice of time each week, both for you, for yourself, and for other people around you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much uh, for what you have put in place for us. Thank you that, I guess in some ways, you've just told us to be still, to stop, to slow down, and 
you know, we can throw the ball 60-60 around about how fast the pace this world is and how it's getting faster and faster and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, Lord, you've, you've still just said, just got to spend time. Special day, seventh day of the week, you know, you stop, you rest, rest it and you bless it, made holy. And I pray, I pray that you might just impress on us just to think about what that might really look like. And, and if we need to, between just between each other here, between us and, you know, between one person and God, that we can think about what that really might really look like and maybe put some of that into practice. Thanks, Lord.